0: overnight russia launching what ukraine has described as a massive attack on civilian infrastructure and ports in the southern odessa region ukraine says the strikes hit communities industrial buildings and agricultural equipment it's also accusing russia of trying to create a food crisis with attacks on port infrastructure over the weekend these fresh attacks come as ukrainian president volodymyr zelensky shakes up the highest ranks of his military he's firing his defense minister As his country enters the 19th month of this war. Let's take you now live to Ukraine with CNN's Melissa Bell. So, Melissa, why this shift in the top levels of Russia's, or rather, of Ukraine's defense ministry?
1: All we understand, Boris, is that this change came at the request of the outgoing defense minister, Alexei Reznikov. But it is, of course, also an opportunity for President Zelensky to draw a line under the last 19 months of this war and specifically some of the corruption and procurement scandals that have dogged the Ministry of Defense here in Ukraine. Now, it's important to note, I think, Boris, that Alexei Reznikov himself uh, has never been tainted by any of those. And, in fact, important to note also that many of the corruption scandals and procurement allegations that I mentioned go back to the very early days of the war. They concern Euro- uh, Ukrainian taxpayers' money and Ukrainian weapons contracts. Still, The point for President Zelensky is to take this opportunity to draw a line and have a fresh start reassuring NATO allies that the historic allegations of corruption in this country are being dealt with. It's not just about continuing to get the weapons they need to finance, to fund, to fuel their counteroffensive. It is also, of course, about their longer-term aims of wanting to join NATO, of wanting to join the European Union. So in uh, comes a new defense. Uh, minister, and he has the hardest of talks. This is a really important uh, moment here in Ukraine. It isn't just going to be uh, for uh, Rustam Ar- Aramov to come into Ukraine and uh, get the arms ready to be able to carry on taking uh, this war to Russia, and that's been the aim of Ukraine for the last few weeks, uh, much more clearly than it had before. It's also, of course, about continuing to fight this counteroffensive what ukrainians feel is that they're finally reached a turning point and what they need to be able to do over the next few weeks is continue to convince western allies that they need to keep bringing uh, the weaponry in uh, to carry on making the advances that they think they can continue making as they seek to cut off that bridgehead uh, between those parts of russian-controlled ukraine and crimea They feel they've got the momentum behind them. This is the time to strike. So he has a big job ahead of him, but he's considered an extremely safe pair of hands here in Ukraine and a man who will be up to the job, Boris.
0: Melissa Bell reporting live for us in Zaporizhia. Let's dig deeper now with retired Air Force Colonel Cedric Layton. He's also a CNN military analyst. So, Colonel, thanks for being here on a holiday. Let's start with the new uh, Minister of Defense for Ukraine. Who is he?
2: So this uh, gentleman, Rustem Umarov, is a
0: Crimean Tatar. He uh,
2: is a Muslim. Uh, He has been involved in a lot of the arrangements that the Ukrainians have made with Arab nations, as well as with Turkey. Uh, He was involved in prisoner of war exchanges brokered by Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And also he's negotiated the Black Sea Grain Deal. So he is part of all of those diplomatic efforts, highly skilled diplomatically from a liberal political party that's pro-European. So this guy is going to be somebody who would be in favor of EU, and NATO integration for Ukraine.
0: Really fascinating that he took part in the Black Sea grain deal negotiation, literally as Vladimir Putin is in uh, negotiations with President Erdogan of Turkey over some kind of uh, a grain deal, something that Russia is explicitly focused on, including over uh... the recent days attacks on grain silos
2: yeah that's exactly right uh, boris and what we have here is like the areas where they've in fact done this kind of thing uh... right here at port Reni, which is a ukrainian port that is right on the romanian border all of this uh, on the danube river right here this is one of the alternatives that the ukrainians have to get their grain out of uh, this area right here across the black sea down this way uh... toward istanbul and that is very important from a strategic standpoint for the Ukrainians. It's also extremely important uh, for the viability of food supplies all around the world. So uh, this gentleman is in a unique capacity where he can work with the foreign ministry to make this happen.
0: He's also coming in at a unique moment in the counteroffensive where we know Ukraine is trying to expedite uh, its weaponry, including with the use of F-16s.
2: Right, that is certainly true. So when you look at the entire map right here, this is kind of getting the lay of the land. And when you've got uh, the F-16, just to remind people what this jet can do, uh, it's highly capable. It is a fourth generation fighter. Uh, it can target air defense systems, which is a key element right here. It can also do ground attack. Uh, uses a 20 millimeter gun. Uh, it has a r- a rounds of missiles and bombs. And it's, of course, focused on air-to-air combat right. as well. So it's a multi-role fighter, and that is something that is significantly important for the Ukrainian capability. They say they're going to have this ready by the spring. We'll see if that actually happens because that requires so much training in order to make it work uh, over areas such as this in the south and southeast uh, because if the Ukrainians want to do uh, the kind of offensive that they're talking about they're basically going down through uh, these areas right here uh, down toward Tokmak and then the idea is to cut everything off here to cut that land bridge from the west and the east so that the Russians then are divided between Crimea and what they've occupied up in this area.
0: Yeah, obviously spring is a bit away. We have winter before spring and there's kind of a a pause in the action during winter. What would it take for you to say that Ukraine has succeeded in its counter offensive operations before the start of winter?
2: So I think the key thing is for Ukraine to maintain its independence and not lose territory. Mm -hmm. And so far they have succeeded in doing that. There are no Russian gains here since the Russians occupied this area in February and March of 2022. There are, however, even though they're small, Ukrainian gains right here focused on the yellow areas in the map right here. So that is in essence a success, but it is a static success. And for an offensive to succeed, you really want to be able to capture territories like all of this, Uh, But that's going to be really hard to do, given the Russian defensive positions as they exist right now.
0: A lot to get through. We
2: appreciate you doing it with us. Colonel Cedric Layden, always a pleasure. You bet, Boris. Thank you.